Hello and welcome to Worship Conversations, a podcast by Awakened Generation. We are a worship missions organization based in Singapore with a passion to equip and empower the church in all things worship. We're back with another deep dive episode where we explore core topics in our AG worship school and answer some of our students' questions. On today's episode, Calvin shares about servanthood and knowing who we are in God allows us to serve from a place of rest instead of earning our worth through serving. Let's get to it. Welcome everyone. Welcome back to Worship Conversations uh, to Deep Dive Episode 2. And today, as you can tell, I have with me Calvin and Ellerys. It's yes. good to be back. Yeah. I know, we're like the OG podcasters. <laughs> Thanks for having us. No again. problem. Uh, my pleasure. <laughs> right, so um, Deep Dive is a series where we talk through um, some of the key uh, topics in our Awakened Generation Worship School. Mm-hmm. And today we're going to be talking about servanthood. Wonderful, amazing subject. It's a deep subject. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. servanthood is... Um, it's important and I think uh, we had our wonderful senior leader Calvin share during our convergence um, with our students yes. on the topic of servanthood and I think it's pretty apt because you know in leadership in the leadership stream they always talk about servant leadership um, but I think it's important for us to always go back to the, the greatest model of servanthood and Jesus himself mm. um, so today let's let's begin and, and I um, something that really stood out to me during your convergence sharing mm. was that you started from the topic of sonship. Mm. You actually didn't start from servanthood. Mm. You started from sonship. So at first I was a bit like, huh, I thought today was servanthood. <laughs> <laughs> so then you kept, when you kept going, I was like, oh, oh, and then it suddenly clicked. You so won't maybe know you can how to serve unless you're first a son. Exactly. Yes. So maybe you can share with us a little bit of your revelations on that to our listeners who weren't there at convergence. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think about the importance of. I think every believer, we all have a heart to serve, but I think many of us, when we serve, a position of serving always will link to our identity. Mm. And so, if we don't know who we are, then we will always serve from a position of striving rather from a place of resting yeah because sons knows who they are sons and daughters if i'm speaking that way knows their identity there's a sense of security the sense of ownership Mm. but if you don't have that then you're always striving you're always performing you're always trying to get something that god has already given to you he's already bestowed upon you and so i i i felt that was very important to to frame that to to you know when we talk about the first, the law of first mention is always there's a starting point that we do our, our, our definition, so to speak. Um, of course, you have a contrast between what you should not be and what you should be. But I think it's also a place of discovery for, for us when, we, when we're able to encounter God. We know, wow, this is who He is and this is, uh, this is who we are that He wants us to become more like Him. Yeah. And, and so uh, just to preface that, uh, the importance of that. And of course... When, when again, I, I, I liken to the life of Jesus, right? Um, that it, that the way how he he grew up uh, in an obscure village, when he, you know, the love of the Father was always upon him, but it, it was in that secret, it was in that um, that revelation of, of learning 
the, the ways of, of the Lord, the way of the Father that really began to develop who he is. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, because um, I used to work with, uh, with youth social work and I, I've worked with many, many young, young boys or young kids uh, who have come into the system or into our, ch- our, our care where many of them, um, I would say maybe over 95%, either the father's absent or the father is in prison mm. or the, um, they even know their father. Mm. And so I've seen their behavior and their attitude and the way how they um, go after things. You can tell that the, the posture, the behavior, the attitude is very different from someone who's loved. Yeah. And so when, when, and of course the foundation of, of God, what he does is he loves. He loves us. He, he, he comes upon our life and he, he speaks truth. He speaks, he brings definition. Mm. And so, yeah, so I, I think, you know, just to really shift the gears a bit to, to, to have that understanding because sometimes when we preach about servanthood, there's always that comparison. Yeah. Or did I do enough? Did I do more? Did I... Uh, achieve a certain standard so that I can be looked upon as oh I'm a good son I'm a, yeah. a faithful servant but actually it, it doesn't it doesn't start from that place yeah yeah so yeah because I, I think <coughs> um, pre AG mm. um, I actually didn't quite look forward to sermons about servanthood mm. because I think it always reminded me of how much I fail wow. as a servant. I, like, because there's always a sense of like, look at how amazing Jesus is, you know, like, mm. he does all these amazing things, and which is true, he's amazing, he does all these amazing things, but then sometimes it becomes, like you said, that, that comparison. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's like you're failed in all these areas. But yeah. if you, but because you, you start, I mean, here in AG, when you were sharing, you always start from that position of sons and daughters. And yeah. I think that redeems yeah. that, mm. that we can serve because we are sons and daughters. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we serve not to earn value or earn love. And I think that's like a big, um, mm, it's like a stronghold good. or like a crutch for me, right? It's like yeah. I keep doing, I always feel like I don't do enough. Yeah. Because I always feel like that's my way of earning my place in a in organization, in my family, in my church. Um, so yeah, just to hear that sonship and servanthood—they are not separate topics. They are—they are one and the same. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think is is looking from a perspective what takes priority or precedence. So if you think about going back to the Garden of Eden, um, the word Eden is desire. Mm-hmm. What is the desire of the Father or of God? Was that He wants to share? his inheritance, he wants to share the joy and therefore the God of Eden was created and that was an invitation that was given to Adam as he breathed into his life that says that that I've given you life and now I want to enjoy with you what I've created. Yeah. And then from that place, the Lord gave uh, Adam the position of leadership or servanthood, so to speak, to tend to the garden, to give definition to the livelihood of things that was brought to life. Yeah. And so I think the first starting point was priestly, which is beholding, which is the communion and the fellowship and, and the identity of who Adam is, that while he belongs to the Lord and the Lord is his. And, and that's why when I started the convergence topic with the passage in Jeremiah three nineteen in NLT version, it says here, I thought to myself, I would love to treat you as my own children. That's an invitation. Yeah. And then I want nothing more than to give you this beautiful land. Yeah. It's ownership. And then it says here, the finest possessions in the world, I look forward to your calling me father. 
So it's an invitation to love and being loved. And only that, I wanted you never to turn from me. That means that everything I have is yours. Everything you have is mine. That means that there's nothing that you need to look for other place for a sense of security. Yeah. So then that's where a lot of people, you see, but when we don't understand the revelation of, of the topic of sonship, then we begin to seek for things to gain approval yeah. or to look for a place to kind of um, impress everybody to say, oh, this is who I am. You should affirm me in that sense. Yeah. 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 Any thoughts, Alaris? Yeah, I mean, I think if we don't first have a revelation of who we are in God, then I think we're going to be serving for the wrong reasons. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think if we don't have the revelation of who we are in God, uh, serving would actually become an obligatory act. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, like, oh, I have to do this because Jesus says so... Uh, I don't really like these people, but I have to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, and 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 after a while, like it's it's really going to burn you out. Correct. You know, um, or you're serving from that place of false humility. Oh, I'm just you know like I'm just a worm, so that's why I'm I, just I, a servant. Yeah, I'm just know. a servant. Yeah. So you know, like, but no, like God's uh, model for us to serve people is from that place of, can I say the word greatness? Like because yeah. of what Jesus has done for us and now us knowing our high value in him now from that place of knowing wow we are royal sons and daughters and now we have a task and commission and assignment to bring God's kingdom not my kingdom but yeah. his kingdom to earth um, you're serving from that place of, of high value and, yeah. and then you are imparting that same value yeah. um, onto others yes. um, and inviting them into uh also coming to know who they are um, yeah. in God. So yeah, so I just wanted to add that. Yeah. I think something about image is so important here, right? It's like we, we are made in the image of God and as sons and daughters, we, mm. we, we can, like Jesus said, we can only do what we see the Father doing. Mm -hmm. And from that place, we are able to bring others into that same family, right? yeah, that's into right. sons and daughters and to be set free from their own um, chains or, or brokenness. Um, on that note of like serving becomes an obligatory act mm. oh <laughs> i feel it <laughs> yeah i feel it and it's yeah i i wonder if that's one of the biggest challenges in our churches mm. Mm. it's like we feel forced yeah oh it's like uh using a, the method of uh, guilt tripping oh yeah. oh you should yeah. be like jesus you should be uh, serving uh, even yeah i mean yeah. i mean yes but if you haven't had the revelation first yeah, you know, of your your place in the kingdom, then again, you can go back to the story of uh, Martha and Mary, right? Yeah, where I think again, f fathers don't compete, brothers do, and so you know, brothers and sisters. So there's a sense of uh, a, a sense of value, or a heightened sense of value, where you're comparing yourself. I'm doing more than you, mm. then you should be doing more as well. And, and I mean, that's a big, big contrast when, you know, Jesus show up in Bethany and of course, Martha and Mary was hosting Jesus. And so the priority was, was Jesus the VIP guest or the other people? Mm. And so, of course, Martha being responsible was more concerned about taking care of everybody else except Jesus. Jesus. Whereas Mary, you know, was attending to the need of Jesus or at least sitting at his feet to listen. I don't think that, you know, many would say, oh, 
Mary was lazy or Martha was overworking. I think it's not so much about who's right, who's wrong. It's the, the position of what was the priority. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are people that who sit at the feet of Jesus 24-7 and never do anything. Does it mean that, so that means that they need to take some responsibility, yes. But then there are also people who are like Martha who do so many things, they get burned out, but Jesus says, did I ask you to do this? Yeah. And I remember it was, um, Bill Johnson made it very clear, very funny that, 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 that Martha was making sandwiches for Jesus that he never ordered. <laughs> I love it. And so, yeah, so then again, are we, are we making sandwiches so much sandwiches that no, no wonton mee that uh, <laughs> oh, wonton mee in Singapore yeah. wonton mee or bok choy or culturally yeah, appropriate that, that Jesus never ordered but at the same time as well and you know I can say very clearly Jesus giving us orders but then we are like oh no Jesus we don't want to go <laughs> we just want to sit at your feet all day long and then watch the world go down in flames <laughs> it's true it's you know, true it's like two yeah. extremes that's, that's an evangelist you know uh, pet pee about that you know why aren't you go preaching the gospel everybody's going to you know yeah, you know, yeah. Go to hell, you know, and stuff like that. So I think that needs to be a healthy tension to know that, okay, when I receive from him, then I must go. Yes. Yeah. So I yeah. think a big thing about servanthood also is like knowing knowing what you're called to serve mm. in. And like, you know, Bill Johnson's um, statement about making sandwiches that Jesus never asked for always cracks me up because mm. it's so true. Like how yeah. much of our programs that we do yeah. is God. Yeah. Or, or is it just good? It's yeah. like totally And we wonder why we're so tired. And busy. <laughs> busy. And so, like, I always ask, so nowadays, like, I try to... When you go autopilot in life, it's very hard to, to discern mm. if it's God or if it's just a good thing mm. that you should do, yeah. you know, or that you think you should do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's also that intentionality of us being sons and daughters to sit at the Father's feet or sit at, right. with Jesus and yeah. say, is this you? Yeah. yeah, because if it's him, then, you know, we, we sometimes will have to go into seasons where it is like physically exhausting. It's mm. like all out, yeah. you know, there is yeah. no physical is rest because yeah. it's nonstop. But because there is the awareness that this is what Jesus has called me to serve yeah. in, yeah. there is that abandonment, right? Yeah. We are okay to go all the way. Yeah. But when we're always like um, sitting in that, that place of, you know, maybe as a bit more often minded, yeah, that's right. where we're always like calculating, like how much am I doing for God? Mm. You know, then it, in a way, it, it's, it, we lose out on that beauty of being able to partner with Jesus. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and one thing you said, right, Kelvin, during Convergence, you say you always ask two questions after you've done something. Mm. You share with us those two questions. Did the Lord show up? Like, was this in this? That's why for me, it's the awareness of the presence of God is that you are co-laboring with Him and He's speaking to you. He's, it's really the model of Jesus. Jesus made it very clear in the book of John. He says that I, I can't do anything apart from the Father mm. and whatever the Father tells me, I, I, I follow and I do what He says. It's not, it's, not, it's not military or tyrant. It's the fact that He's so in tune, He's so in love. He wants to please the Father that everything he releases comes from the Father. Yeah. And I think, of course, this is something that we aspire to be, to, to, to really be in, in the will of the Lord and walk in his ways and, and obey what he says. And the same thing Jesus says in John 15, you know, if you abide me and I abide in you, my, rain, my, my love remains in you. Yeah. So I think is, did, he, did we do what he, you know, did he show up? That's the first thing. Was he present? Was he with me? And of course, the, the second point is that, did I, did I do what he told me to do? Yeah. 
And I think that's, that's, that's the important thing. We are doing so many things because it's for the good of other people, but the Lord didn't ask us to do it. Coming back to the making the sandwiches right. And so, you know, I mean, again, like it would be very strange for me when, when the Lord asked me to, you know, um, to get up galleries, you know, do Awaken Generation, which is worship, mentorship. And then suddenly I'm, I'm in a different countries selling Tupperwares, you know, nothing of selling Tupperwares, but did they ask me to do that? Mm. Oh, but I say, but Lord, I, I need to make extra income. I need to, you know, get the, you know, but then if the Lord did not say that, that means that I'm, I'm, I'm reprioritizing my, mm. my focus on something else that does not add yeah. value to what I'm doing and actually deter away my trajectory of my, my, my purpose and my destiny of what God has called me to be. Yeah. Unless I'm really doing it, the Lord says, hey, would you take a moment to shift, to care? Again, this is the, the leaving the 99 for that one, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's, oh, I'm doing so much, and the Lord says, okay, let's focus on this. Um, yeah, so I, I think I think that, that is important that so many of us are doing a lot of good things, but is it a God thing? Yeah, and it's kind of like the story from, you know, uh, Mary who broke the alabaster jar at Jesus' feet, yeah. right? Because there are technically so many good Christian things you could have done with that's right. That might, oh. Right, like even the disciples were like, "Wow, you wasted all this. Uh, you could, you could have given it to yes. the wasted. poor." Yes. Right. So the thing is, in our walk with God, like, are we operating out of just principle, which you know the values and principles of the kingdom is good, is powerful, but you cannot replace hearing the voice of God in yes. an intimate relationship with Him. That's right. And Mary was so intimate with the lord's heart she yes. knew that he was going to the cross when yes. everyone else missed it yeah. and she just wept at his feet and poured out the yeah. greatest worship offering ever yeah you know and so her knowing to do that only comes from knowing god's heart that's right yeah that's right and like i think recently i've been talking to quite a few people it's like over the last 24 hours actually i've had like um people reaching out to me saying i'm so stressed i'm so busy with all these and 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 it's, it's funny because like we can be doing the Lord's work mm. or doing stuff for God, but then God is not in us. Like, or, or God is not with us when we are doing it. Mm. You know, he's like out of the equation. Because yeah. usually when we get busy, right, the first thing that usually for mm. me, the first thing that goes sometimes is the space that I have with God. Yeah. The time that I have with God, yeah. right? Because it's like, oh, I'm, I need to do all this stuff for you. So, mm. so never mind later. Yeah. But more and more, I think I'm, I'm growing in the understanding that no, all the more that space needs to be guarded. Like everything else should wait. Yeah. Mm. That's right. Like my to-do list should wait. Yes. Because that space with God is mm. what would anchor me, yeah. what would give me rest exactly. for my soul. Yeah. And I love it that Jesus he says that he gives you rest for your soul, right? He doesn't always say he gives you physical rest, but it's like rest for your soul. That means you can still be laboring, but yeah. then there is there is that peace, mm. there's assuredness in, right. in your heart and your 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 soul. That's right. Um <laughs> and so, you know, for all our listeners who might be very busy and you're starting to feel a little bit overwhelmed by all the stuff that you're serving in, mm. I think it's a good chance and a good um time to mm. pause yeah. mm. and to really reflect on yeah. You know, are you doing what the Lord has exactly. called you to do? And that's why the, the fear of the Lord is so important yes. in our lives. That means what God says is the most precious thing to me. Yes. Because many of us, we may actually struggle with the fear of men, where what people around us think um, and their opinions on what we should do is so elevated in our heart. They're like, oh, it's this person true. said I should be doing this, so I should be doing this. And then another it's person true. says, oh, you should be doing this. And then, you know, and then yeah. you take on all these things on your plate. Yeah. But actually, like, the most important voice that we should revere is 
God's voice, yeah. the fear of the Lord. So to do only the things that the Lord placed on our heart. Because if you're doing things out of being guilt-tripped, you know, because, you right. know, people are persuasive. You know, people, you should be doing this, you should be doing this. But you shouldn't be doing it unless God really told you to do it. That's right. Yeah. I, th- I think it's important, the voice of the Lord is um, at the most highest point, yeah. priority. And then God gives you community so you don't isolate yourself. So yeah. you have sound wisdom, either your pastor, your mentor, or close friends that will kind of, you know, I, I would say they'll be, they'll be, they are like signposts mm. that, that you can share, you can, um, in terms of, you know, just in terms of your thoughts, sharing with them and to pray with you um, so that there's alignment. Yeah. 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 Um, and I, I, think, I think that's very important in any, any decision-making Yes. Uh, where where there's wisdom in, in counsel, it brings it brings clarity. Yeah. Um, if there's no clarity, then you shouldn't move forward. You should wait and be patient. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that that is very very important for um, especially when we are serving the Lord in different capacity. Yeah. Um, of course, there there are reasons why people will serve out of need. Mm-hmm. I mean, we. I think Jesus prefaced that the importance of. He's not moved by need. Mm. He's moved by faith. Mm. And I think many times we, we I mean, of course, we, 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 we move and we see the need. We take on the role of, sometimes if we're not careful, we take on the role of a savior. Yeah. And so, or I, I, I better save the day, but actually... Recovering savior complex. Yeah. Uh, God can use anybody else, but of course, I think because when we are drawn to all, we want to meet the need. But it can be, again, it's the heart inspection. That's right. I mean, we can meet every need, but not every need is meant to be met by us because God That's has assigned right. different individual for that. That's right. And so Jesus is the Savior. Amen. What he does, he saves who he is, he's Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I think always remembering something uh, a pastor said to me once, like, we, we must always first remember that Jesus is our Savior mm. before he's our example. Mm. Yeah, like if we don't have Jesus as our savior, then he will just always be that unattainable example mm. that we can never reach. That's right. right? But That's because right. of the grace of Jesus Christ, we can look at his example and we can we can, you know, want to emulate and want to be right. like him. Um, right. I think when we talk about servanthood, we also need to talk about a very particular passage in the Bible mm. um, that Jesus modeled servanthood to his disciples. And um, Alaris, uh, we were just talking about the passage just now and like laughing about the whole conversation. <laughs> but it's John 13 where Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. Yes. Um, and it always strikes me during those times because they wore sandals, right? And the street were often like really Dusty. mucky Dirty. and full of poop. Yep, probably. Because of all the sh- the Sheep. livestock, they didn't have sneakers or Nike shoes back yeah, then. Yeah, or like high cut boots, you know, uh, or like farm boots that are waterproof. Um, and so washing the feet was probably um, mm. uh, yeah, yeah. Like today, you know, when we do feet washing in church, it's still pretty like okay. Because <laughs> you know, people oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think um, something we want to just bring up also is um, Simon Peter, who is. Bless him, <laughs> such a legend. He, uh, Jesus, is like I'm, I want to wash your feet, and then Simon Peter goes, "You can never wash my feet, Lord. I will never let you wash my feet." And then Jesus goes, "If I don't wash your feet, you have no part of me." Um, and then Peter goes, 
I take that back Now you can wash all of me <laughs> You can bathe me If you yeah. want yeah. And Jesus is like No just your feet yeah. <laughs> I love Peter It's so yeah. funny So cute yeah, he, he articulates what we all think, but we don't dare to say, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think feet is a very interesting subject in terms of what the scripture talks about. I mean, again, like I, in Convergence, I talk about how interestingly that when, when Moses encountered God in the burning bush, at the burning bush where he didn't even know there was the presence of God, but he felt something was supernatural. And then the voice of the Lord says, Moses, Moses, and says, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord says, Take off your sandals for where you are standing is holy ground. Mm. Uh, you know, I joke a little bit about it. The Lord says, don't take off a whole entire clothes and be naked before me, right? That'd be weird. Um, just your shoes. Just your shoes. Um, and of course, when you think about Psalms, it says that uh, blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Yeah. And, and in, in, in the book of Isaiah, it also says that, that how beautiful are the feet that brings good, good news. news. So in order for the feet to bring good news, what does it require that your feet must be clean? Mm-hmm. And, and yet, you know, the feet that what you just talked about, you know, in, in doing the Jewish time where a lot of them, they, it's very customary that they have a basin outside. Uh, normally, a lot of the washing is done by yourself. Unless you're a mother or your father, you wash your kids' feet to teach them about, hey, cleanliness. Yeah. But... The example that Jesus was setting for this, for Peter, this is a revelation, is not just about um, cleanliness, which he thought it was about their hygiene, but yeah. but Jesus was actually exemplifying to them that the way that you're going to live your life will be so different that I'm setting the example for you. Yeah. Because the disciples in the previous scriptures, every one of them are competing for the affection and attention of Jesus, yeah. right? Yeah. Who will be the greatest? Yeah. Lord, uh, who are the, you know, between the one, you know, who, who, who was the one that opened the door, who was the one to see the first one get, you know, healed and all these things. Because it is part of that. It is the, the culture of, you know, impre- wanting to impress. But Jesus set the tone by saying, hey, if you really truly love me, the power that will break the, the enemy's backbone is actually found in that tower. Mm. of servanthood because they all serve from a place of agenda mm. right yeah. they want to impress Jesus I want to do these things so that I can get your attention but it's for self-gratification it's for selfish reason but to do something that's beyond yourself with no agenda but to love others and to go to the most lowest form with a towel to wash that's why they say wow you know I can never wash your feet that's pride because oh you are the master and so forth but the master is inviting you from a place of servant mentality to friendship. Yeah. And so when, when Jesus is modeling for them, says, hey, I know who I am. In fact, tonight is the very night that many of you is gonna bet- many of you are going to betray me. Yeah. They think that it's just Judas, but actually it's the whole entire of them. Why in the Garden of Gethsemane, that was the case. Fall asleep. For, you know, wow, we know God we serve. But you see, then they recognize, oh my goodness, I, I thought we we're going to serve you, Lord, but in fact, we were so afraid of our life that we ran for our life. Yeah. We didn't give our life for you. But Jesus is so amazing and so, uh, you know, merciful and kind that he restored every single one of them. Yeah. But that, that, that moment of intimacy and true humility, I, I really believe, is done in the feet washing and the taking of communion. Yeah. And yet it was nothing, it was not, it was not just not sacred, but it was out of relationship and love 
just as the Father shows how He loved the Son and the Son loved the Father and the Holy, Holy Spirit. So that's one of the, maybe one of the most powerful, greatest attribute of servanthood was that it, is, it, is com- it comes from a place of love and abandonment of, of grace that comes with it. Yeah. And so I think when, when that happened, Jesus says, it's your feet. And not only that, he said the example says, do this as well because I have done it for you. That's right. And so for, for many of us, that the washing of feet was, is actually a, a, a symbolism or a sign for vulnerability and humility. That's right. So, you know, to have that revelation that, man, I'm not worthy to be washed, so to speak, because who are you mm. to wash my feet? Because you, you know, in that position, you are rabbi, you are far more superior. But that's a sense of humility where humility is not thinking less of yourself by thinking of yourself less. Mm. It's about the privilege and honor that somebody would choose to cover me. Yeah. And I, and I think that's the part that we all struggle with, especially as believers that, you know, um, the feet is all about going places, doing things right. And when, when the Lord wants to cover you, He wants to wash you, He wants to cleanse, cleanse you, it's so that He can prepare you for the very reason why you've been chosen for. Right. And so, it's a humbling thing, and I, I've I've experienced that so many times in, in in feet washing, where I've seen, the Lord literally speaking and bringing breakthrough and, a relationship restore salvation. Yeah, I we've even witnessed people getting healed. Wow, and and this and be, not not just because of when they're feet washed, but I think the revelation that it, I'm loved by the Lord. Yeah, and whoever's yeah. washing my feet obviously recognize that they love the Lord. And they are following the example of Jesus, That's right. and they are releasing healing, and they are uh, s- uh, doing this out of symbolizing the, the love of the Lord um, and in the way how He cares for you. Yeah, and so pro- very profound. In, yeah, in, in terms of that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Shall we move on to some student questions? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. We have some good ones this time. Um, okay, first one. What are some practical ways to stay motivated to serve, especially when it's painful and costly? I think there's so many questions you need to ask yourself. <laughs> <laughs> with this question first, I'll right? answer this question. Like the most important thing is what, what we talked about, right? Like, first, did God ask you to do it? <laughs> is it a cost that He called you yes, to? Yes, I think that's pay? the most important thing because sometimes the things that we give our time and energy to and it becomes it feels painful and costly uh, is because uh, God didn't ask you to do it so you have no grace for it <laughs> ouch wow <laughs> I mean that, that is seriously one question yes. that you need to ask yourself Commit to God ask yes. you to do it okay let's let's take the case scenario where yeah. it's like a situation mm-hmm. where God you, did you God did ask you to serve yeah but it's so painful mm. or, or it costs you mm. quite a lot mm. What would be your encouragement for this person, or what would you do? <laughs> I, I'm reminded by the story where the Israelite was sent into exile, and in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, that there's a scripture that everybody loves, right? Yeah. You know, God has a wonderful plan for you, and God has plans for you, plans to prosper you, and so on. But then in the scripture, it talks about how that, in fact, the Lord encouraged them to actually build houses. Stay planted in there, find wives, and build vineyards, and so forth. And he said this, seek the welfare of the city, because 
in the city you will find your welfare so you can either have that that view of everything is negative around me or you can come to a place where you can say god help me to change my lens to see what you see mm. that i may that i may see the need or to see the the situation that i can bring transformation through your spirit through mm. co-laboring with you so i think it's a shift of mindset it's a shift of of attitude and behavior you know it's it's really praying until something take place yeah. in my heart yeah so it's the alignment of my spirit i mean that's why we worship right yeah. we, we can come to a service feeling dampened and, and and defeated or we can say it's okay entertain me no we come in worship so that we are actually proclaiming and declaring god's truth over our thinking until we have the right alignment that's right and so I mean that's that's my my encouragement to discipline. I think that's why it's so important to have prayer partners. Yeah. To have friends to pray with you and you know help me to rethink what I'm thinking. Am I thinking straight? Am I thinking negative? Am I am I weird? And so that at least that that sounding um, wisdom can help you mm. to to have that clarity. I mean, I think we should also like look at the model of the the disciples after they were filled with the spirit. <laughs> yes. Right, because they went through very costly, painful things. Yeah in their efforts to share the gospel and to uh, fulfill the Great Commission to the nations. Yeah. Like they went through persecution, getting shipwrecked, yeah. getting stoned, yeah. getting flogged. <laughs> Not like anything that we are facing in First World Nations. That's right. You know? But how did they still have peace, joy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Through all, they can, even when they're in prison, they can still worship and sing. That's right. You know? So it is possible. And, and I believe it's because their delight was found in the Lord. Yeah. It, their delight wasn't found in like necessarily the things that I'm doing, but it was found yeah. because I, I love Jesus so much and I have this abiding relationship with yeah. Him. And probably worship, prayer, and thanksgiving was a huge part of their lives. That's right. You know? Um, and, and, and this is why these spiritual disciplines are, are, are so key to our, our long-term growth and sustenance yeah. as believers right it's not just give 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 in serving but yep. it's also receive 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 yeah from right. the lord from the lord first yeah. you know and and i really believe that you know that they had just so many encounters with the lord you mm. know that they knew uh, they uh, the lord was with them the lord refreshed them that's right the lord you know they got to see the hand of god move through their lives signs wonders miracles yeah you know so so i believe it's it's from that abiding relationship yeah. with god that they had um that that gave them the strength to keep going that's in the right. midst of very difficult circumstances yeah. yeah so i think those are like wonderful practical ways i think the, the spiritual disciplines of worship, prayer, thanksgiving, yeah, um, and aligning your heart with, with the Lord. I think those are exceptionally important. Um, I think community helps. You know, yeah, of yeah, you don't need someone who is going through the same thing as mm. you are going through. Um, but like having people, prayer partners, you know, close, you, you know, your inner circle mm. that you can really um, pray together, contend with when you are discouraged, you know, that it can bring encouragement. I think those are just wonderful practical ways of mm. keep, like, to allow your heart to keep tender in the midst of serving, yeah. Yeah. Um, having other people That's encourage it. you, having Friendly. other people love you That's as right. well, um, especially through those times where it feels really painful mm. and difficult because... 
like you said, the Holy Spirit does drive us into seasons of our ser- mm. of serving Him where yeah. it's like hard. hard. Yeah. Yeah. And in those times, we really just need community around yeah. us. Yes. yes. That's great. Right. Next question. And it's a great one because, you know, we're, I always hear, recently I've been hearing a lot. In the last three years, we've been talking a lot about burnout. Um, so here's one. How can Christians balance the responsibility to serve others with the need to care for their own physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that... I, I, I'm not too sure I like the word balance. I would, <laughs> I would actually use the word priority. Okay. Yeah, wow. what is your priority? And the way that you serve is first from the inflow of God's Holy Spirit in your life and His power and the strengthening from His His Spirit. So, yeah, what you give onto others is really the overflow. That's right. Yeah, because I think the times where people burn out is when the the inflow of, you know, the refreshing from God's Word and worship, all of that is not there. And then you're taking from... The cup, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's not overflowing, yeah. and you're pouring out, pouring out, and then suddenly you see, oh it's no, empty. my cup is empty. Yeah, I'm yeah, tired, yeah, and yeah, I don't yeah. like people anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, and I want to retreat. You know, yeah. um, and 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 um, but and, and actually retreats are important. Like yeah. you know, Jesus would you know go away from the crowds, yeah. go up to the mountain, and, and and meet with God. And so, prioritizing first your own spiritual health, your emotional well being. And then giving to others from, from the overflow. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, I I share this at my leadership stream. Uh, the the illustration of when you are flying in a plane, and I'm sure everybody flies. I mean, you know, catch the plane when they travel to places, and we many times we we ignore the announcement and the, <laughs> the instructions when things in the air is turbulence, right? Having mm. turbulence, and they they always say. If any form of emergency where there's lack of oxygen, the mask will come down. First, put the mask on yourself before you put it on others. Why is that? Isn't it? Aren't you being selfish or self-centered? You don't care about people. No. If if you can't take care of yourself, how are you going to take care of people? That's right. And so there's a difference between self-care and self-centeredness, right? Mm. Self-care is your mm. your being the best version that you can be, so that you can be a blessing. And so today, a lot of people are helping to put masks on other people. And then when the oxygen level is low, when you are discouraged, when you're defeated, guess what happens? You actually sabotage those you are supposed to take care of. Take care of. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's very important that, that yeah. we, we align our identity. That's why it comes back to our identity, who we are. That's right. That we, 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 we serve from that place. And, and I believe that I think part of being responsible is actually, yeah, are, are you spiritually healthy? Yeah. Um, you know, something that the Lord spoke to me the last couple of years is to grow in my, my, my spiritual walk with Him, my physical walk, my emotional, my relational, and my mental walk with Him. Mm. At the end, like what Ellery said, like, you know, we all have a cup. And if it's empty, what are we pouring out? When it's empty, nothing. Nothing. But the way how we remain open and being filled is constantly the overflow of that. That's right. So that people can drink from that and they yeah. can receive yeah. from that. Yeah. I want yeah. I wonder also if we like, you know, um over spiritualized balance. Sometimes like you said the word balance is a bit problematic here. It's almost um, like you want to find a formula. Correct. Like a formula yeah. to like fit everything yeah. on the scale. But what if it's like both and 
you know, you take care of yourself and you serve in your capacity for yeah. others. Um, and I also mm. really like the word seasons mm. because seasonally things change. Yeah. Um, the the <laughs> if you want to talk about balance, right? The scales on the balance shift. Yep. There are certain seasons where you are particularly, you know, going through physical mm. stuff. There mm. there might be um, health related issues. Like there is stuff that you're going through, and and in those situations, I don't think your first thought is how can I serve others in mm. that place. It should be what is the Lord bringing me through in this season, mm. right? So then do we have the confidence in our God-given identity as sons and daughters to be okay with saying, I cannot yep. Yep. serve in these areas in yeah. this moment? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, and, and in those seasons, and there are also seasons where you're just called to go all out and serve people like, yep. like crazy, like, yeah, all the way. Um, yeah. But like you said, there's always that need to guard yeah. the, that personal time with, with the Lord and your personal health. So it's interesting that you talk about seasons because uh, just recently I, I, I took my leadership stream students to uh, excursion <laughs> to Gardens by the Bay, which so is fun. in Singapore. And uh, the beautiful, there's two domes, right? The, the flower dome and I can't remember what's the other one. Uh, another dome. Uh, and, and the flower dome is beautiful that everybody walks in and the temperature is cold. Yeah. And of course, um, we ask the question, you know, what season are we in? And so there's, I mean, if you think about it, there are four seasons, right? Mm. I mean, I grew up in New Zealand, so you have your summer, you have your autumn, your winter, and your spring, and you know all those seasons represents climate changes and and you know the clothes that you wear, yeah. uh, the weather, the temperature, and so forth. And it was so interesting that our our, our guide tour, uh, who's also the former director of of the, uh, the uh, guest services in Gardens by the Bay, she says that Singapore only has two seasons: hot yeah. and very hot. <laughs> but it's interesting in that. In that flower dome, it says that there's only one season, and it's spring. I mean, uh, sorry, it's yeah, spring all the time. So the flower is always blossoming. Yeah, they're always producing flowers, but they don't know when to stop. Um. So that was a revelation: is that if we don't learn when to stop, if we don't understand the change of season, we will actually burn out very fast. That's right. And so they're producing flowers, but they're not producing fruits. Yeah. Oh. So we're looking good on the outside of what we're doing, but Jesus is after fruits. We're not reproducing. And we're not reproducing. Yeah. So absolutely I agree with you that season help us to identify the changes, the the pace. I will even say, you know, if if if, if you want to exchange the word from balancing, maybe you look at the word rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I I used to play drums and so yeah. There's a fast rhythm, there's a slow rhythm, but the rhythm never stops until you stop playing the drums. So, <laughs> so learn the rhythm of life. There'll be high, high, high peak um, intensity, but there'll be low. That's right. Uh, low, low pace of that. Yeah. So, but you know, but you're on the move. Yeah. And and, and so. It's good. You know, just encourage that. Well, we hope you have been encouraged. Um, and when we took end off today's episode, we can pray. Maybe Calvin would like to pray and sure. Let's pray, <laughs> Father. We thank you, Lord, for so many of us here who uh, are on a journey of of discovering you, God. Um, at the same time, so many of us are are walking in this relationship as sons and daughters, and Lord, we we are constantly stretched and we're constantly. Uh, engaging in our, in our thinking, in our hearts, in our life. 
uh, especially the area of, of worthiness or am I do I live up to the expectation um, or even the, the, the wrestling in our hearts when we are comparing, when we are competing. These are all very, very real situations in our lives as we grow up, as we get older in life, or what really matters. So Father, I thank you that Lord, that um, you, you, sh- you show us a great example of what it means to walk in love and being connected to you. And Jesus set the example of that. And so for Lord, for many of us who, who are listening, maybe we, we are in, in a situation where we are wrestling with our identity. Father, I pray that Lord, that you bring peace and grace. Father, that you reveal love to them that they don't need to strive. Yes. They just need to rest to know that, that you are the Father. Yeah. And perhaps many of us may be serving and we're getting burned out. We are striving and we, we find that we, we are out of sync. Maybe it's to pause and slow down and to say, Lord, not my way, but your way. Yes, Lord. Lord, teach me to walk in your truth. Teach me to say no. And Lord, also we pray, Father, that there'll be a place of vulnerability and openness to say, God, fill me. Fill me up, Lord. And so, Lord, I pray today, Lord, let let there be a a revelation, but more than that, Lord, a transformation from the heart to see you the way how you see us. And so I pray for breakthrough. I pray for just the covering of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we need the Holy Spirit to walk in this life. And if we try to walk in our own strength, and many of us that do that, and at some point of time realize we can't do it, Lord, that I pray, Holy Spirit, that you be gentle to whisper to our ears, to point us to the right direction, Amen. to point us towards you. Amen. As you say, Jesus, come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, come to me, mm. and I will give you rest. And Lord, that we will find rest for our souls when we plug in and we abide in you. Mm. And you abide in us so that our love will remain in you, Lord. I give thanks and I pray this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Amen. As we close this episode, we want to focus our eyes on the servant king who first came to serve and love us and called us into this beautiful privilege to labor with him. Here's Servant King by Awakened Generation. Jesus.
And I would give my life for the cause of Christ To love like you love and to serve like you serve And I would give my life for the cause of Christ To love like you love and to serve like you serve
And I will give my life for the cause of Christ. Mm, I will give my life. And I will give my life for the cause of Christ. And I For you, Jesus, I would give. 